We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers fall to the Sacramento Kings in a game which, well, it started horrifically. The Lakers on the opening tip give up an and one on a steal by De'Aaron Fox. And that's kind of how the rest of the game went. The Kings, they had it rolling most of the night. The Lakers just couldn't seem to get it together. Even, even when the shooting numbers started to even out a little bit for a good chunk of the game, the Kings were simply out shooting the Lakers. Even once that started to happen, though, the turnovers really came back to haunt the Lakers in this one. A lot to break down. Man, the uh, the Anthony Davis performance from last night, six blocks, certainly did not carry over to tonight's game against Sacramento Kings. It was certainly a lethargic performance from him and a lethargic performance from most of the Lakers until we got late into the game and they tried to make, well, let's face it, what we would call the fake comeback. But we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Welcome in anybody joining from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Not an easy game. We're going to break down exactly what happened. Podcast listeners, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome to all of you as well, of course. All right, lot to talk about here, so let's kick things off with the box score. Um, again, not not pretty for Anthony Davis. Now, Cam Reddish, solid again, 16 points, 28 from LeBron, 10 boards, 11 assists, triple-double for LeBron, four steals, 35 minutes for LeBron James. They even played him late, and uh, I thought put too many minutes on LeBron in this one especially when you didn't get the result. But look at that, Anthony Davis, nine rebounds and nine points. And again, this is with Domantas Sabonis as the primary defender for Anthony Davis. That's a matchup that you would hope for if you're the Lakers. That's a matchup that you'd be looking forward to. And Anthony Davis only put up nine points. Now, it's not all on AD. Uh, There's definitely plenty on AD, but it's not all his fault in that situation. But nonetheless, This is the type of matchup that you would have circled on your calendar saying, hey, this should be a good Anthony Davis night. Not so much. He did block four shots, but other than that, not such a great night for Anthony Davis. Only three for nine shooting, three of three at the free throw line. Only got three attempts there. Not good. D'Angelo Russell, another nice shooting night, 28 
five and five. But you know what? You look at nights like this. D'Lo was six for eight last night. Tonight, four for six. He's on a heater shooting the ball. And this one was kind of wasted. Kind of wasted, wasn't it? How many times is D'Lo going to shoot four for six from three and 12 of 20 shooting and drop 28 points? Yeah. And then LeBron, a triple-double, played him 35 minutes, and you don't get the result. Austin Reeves struggled with the turnovers. Four turnovers for him. Six turnovers for LeBron. He had some sloppy turnovers. Anthony Davis had five turnovers. The Lakers, as a team, finished with 22 turnovers in this game. I'm sorry, 23. That means after the game, they probably turned the ball over again somehow. Figured out a way to do it. Turnovers killed him in this game, ultimately. But again, good performance out of LeBron. Good performance out of D'Angelo Russell. And still was not enough. When the final buzzer sounded, it was turnovers that really hurt them in addition to a number of other things, but I know we're going to get into in the chat. So let's dive into all this. Face reality said master lock LeBron, six turnovers, Reeves, five turnovers, AD, nine points, garbage. Yeah, the turnovers were really bad. And look, part of that is give credit to the Kings. The Kings were really doing a great job anticipating and jumping the passing lanes. For the Lakers, they were doing it all night long. They were reading where the pass was going to go, and they were stepping into the passing lane and getting the steal. But again, it's difficult to win an NBA game when you turn the ball over 23 times. Like you have to, you have to shoot so well in order to mitigate that many turnovers in a game. It's really tough to do. Wicked Bronco chimes in, says tonight was a combination of lack of energy and effort. Refs refusing to give AD or Braun fouls yet again against the Kings and the Kings playing like it's Super Bowl anytime they play us. Well, of course, the Kings are going to be fired up to play the Lakers. A lot of Western Conference teams are going to be fired up to play the Lakers. But yeah, I really thought it was there was a lack of energy in the beginning of the game, and then the Lakers tried to turn it on late. I don't know. Look, it it was the second night of a back-to-back, but the first night was a blowout. The first night, the Lakers, they, they beat Memphis by 27. So it wasn't like major minutes were put on any Laker player. Uh, against Memphis. So it wasn't, and it wasn't on the road either. So it wasn't a typical back-to-back. It wasn't the kind of back-to-back where you'd say, man, this team, okay, they played overtime last night. I understand why they're dragging tonight. No, that wasn't the case. In fact, it was about as ideal of a situation as you could be in if you're going to play in a back-to-back. You win the first game in a blowout. Your stars don't have to play many minutes and you get to stay at home. You're not on the road. Can't ask for more than that in a back-to-back. And the Lakers still look lethargic in this one. Allen Allenson, almost said Iverson, said AD's offensive aggressiveness is hurting us. Healthy or not, it's hard to trust him. We all know his greatness, but night tonight, we're left guessing. Yeah, I mean, part of this, part of what happened with Anthony Davis tonight is the Kings guards did a really good job pressuring the Lakers on the perimeter, and that made those entry passes to AD very, very difficult. And then if AD did get the ball, they were sending a double, and again, the Kings were doing a really nice job of reading where the pass was going to go and shooting those passing lanes. AD threw the ball away a number of times when he was doubled. So you had all of that kind of a perfect storm for Sacramento, right, where the guards are having a tough time getting the ball to AD. When they do get the ball to AD, AD is not reading the double well, and when he does pass out of it, he's not doing a good job at it, and so that's creating turnovers, and so that's where you get this kind of perfect storm where 
AD, even when he gets the ball, which isn't all that often, he's not being very effective with it. And you wind up with a nine-point outing. And that's that's all Sacramento needs in order to beat the Lakers. Is they need AD to not be AD. And that's what they were able to accomplish. And again, part of it is you give credit to the Kings defense and the way they played this. But part of that is the Lakers were just sloppy in this game. Again, 23 turnovers. Very, very difficult to win an NBA game with that many turnovers. To point, look, uh, the Lakers on the night, the Lakers had... 83 field goals attempted. The Kings, 96. 96. And sometimes you see that when one team shoots way more free throws than the other team does. 17 free throws attempted for the Kings, 19 for the Lakers. So 13 more shot attempts for Sacramento because the Lakers turned the ball over so much and there was an offensive rebounding edge for the Kings as well. Again, another area the Lakers need to get better at. 11 offensive boards for the Kings, 7 for the Lakers. That's all of that adds up to why this game was never really in reach for the Lakers. All of those areas just really, really hurt you. And even once the, the shots eventually, because at one point the Lakers were shooting terribly, once the shots eventually started to fall, well, we saw what happened. They kept turning the ball over and couldn't really make up the ground that they needed to. All right. Giassi said, if the Bulls don't want... Uh, Gabe Vincent for Alex Caruso, I would consider trading Austin Reeves for him. Imagine a lineup of Caruso, Prince, Vando, Braun, AD. I don't know if I would go as far as uh, Reeves for Caruso, but I don't know where the Bulls are going to be. This is where, if you're a team that's looking to add talent midseason, whether you're the Lakers or anybody, you're keeping an eye on the Bulls. Keeping an eye on the next few weeks, and you're hoping they are terrible. You're hoping the Bulls really go through it over the next few weeks, and that pushes them to go into sell mode. If they win a bunch of games, maybe they hold off. Because look, most of the players, like for example, the Lakers, they can't make a trade until December 15th at the earliest. Most teams aren't ready to make trades by then anyway, but that's the earliest they can make a trade because of all their contracts they signed over the summer. And that's going to be the case for a number of teams around the league. So realistically, it's not like Chicago is tomorrow trading Zach Levine. They're going to see what happens over the next few weeks, see what their team's looking like, what their record is, and then go from there. And if it's looking like, hey, this is kind of a lost cause, all right, maybe they start really getting serious about trade offers. So if you are a team that's looking to pick somebody up, maybe even, even if you're in January or something, you want the Bulls to really struggle for these next few weeks to push them to be a seller uh, before the February 8th trade deadline. Wicked Bronco. This is the type of game you look to when saying AD is not the guy and not a guy you can build a team around post LeBron. 1A and 1B guys don't have four-point nights. Uh, I'd think about the Levine trade. What Levine trade? Tell me you're not saying AD for Levine. I would not do that. I would, I would definitely not do that. I would definitely not trade Anthony Davis for Zach Levine. Um, that said, Zach Levine is a talented offensive player. If you're going to give up the assets in order to get him, you've got to be convinced that he's the guy for you. Is he that guy? I don't know, right? Offensively, he can have big scoring nights. Defensively, not so much. So I'd be wary, if I'm the Lakers, of committing the type of resources that would be necessary to go get Zach Levine. I'd be careful with something like that. I'd be careful with that. But as far as the saying AD is not the guy when he can have a nine-point night like this, it's fair, right? I mean, not many 1A guys are going to have a nine-point outing. Now, AD can still be dominant defensively, but even there, I didn't think he was that energized. 
Like I was expecting, I'm expecting to hear after the game that either AD moderately aggravated his hip and that's why he was looking so lethargic out there or AD's sick, like he came down with the flu or something like that. Because that's what it looked like. It looked like either he's hurting, but not bad enough to come out of the game, but enough to where it's impacting his performance or like he's sick, like he's under the weather. That's what he looked like. That's what he looked like for a good chunk of the game. Austin Reeves after the game over on the uh, the Lakers Nation X account, talking about the Lakers lack of energy, said, you've got to find it. Second half was much better, but you've got to find it as much as you can. He's right. They didn't have energy in this one. Darvin Ham saying the turnovers were the biggest problem. And again, he is right about that. Indeed was the biggest problem. Uh, by the way, I am tomorrow going to do a live stream for our YouTube channel members. It'll be sometime in the evening. I'm going to settle on a time. I'm planning on probably looking at like maybe nine o'clock Pacific time in the evening. So if you're a channel member, just be on the lookout for that. Again, I'll put an announcement out tomorrow morning, but that'll be a members only live stream that we'll be doing. It'll be our bonus show for the week. We'll be doing it live for the first time. So um, if you're a channel member, if you are an all-star, if you're a starter, there'll be an extra show, live show uh, tomorrow night that you can hop in on. So be on the lookout for that. If you're not sure what I'm talking about with channel memberships, you can check out the join button and check out all the different perks that we're offering for channel members. I think they're pretty cool. And so far we've gotten some great reviews from our channel members. Uh, Koa said, no way the oldest player in the NBA had to play his heart out to give us a chance in a back-to-back -back game. Next time AD's hurt, he should just sit out. Is he hurt? Is that, is that what it was? Again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know what, what was going on, but I'm curious. Maybe something will come out in the postgame. I'm curious what was going on because he definitely didn't have a, didn't look like himself. Let's say that. Face reality. Trade D'Lo and Reeves for Levine and Caruso. I would. Well, yeah, but the Bulls wouldn't. The Bulls wouldn't do that. Um, the math also doesn't work on that, but sure. M. Dredd said, not over overacting with this statement. Okay. Um, trade AD. For who? For who? Who do you trade AD for? Like, really, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. If you're going to trade Anthony Davis, who are you trading AD for where it makes you a better team? That realistically, the other team would say yes. Like if you call up Denver and say, like we can say, oh, trade for Jokic, right? Denver's not doing that. Trade for Giannis. They're not doing that. Who are you, who are you trading him for that improves the, the team? That makes you better. That's where it gets tough. That's that's where it gets tough, right? Because it's easy to be, and I get it, right? We're You're frustrated after a loss, especially a loss where, look, last night's game was a lot of fun. No question. It was a blast. Wire to wire win. You just blow them out. Great. This game was not fun to watch. This game was not fun to watch. Embiid for AD. Who says no? Philly. It, Embiid is the reigning MVP. So this game was not fun to watch. So when we're watching a game that's not fun, it's easy to, you know, we, we rage trade, right? We're upset. We're angry, frustrated. This guy made me feel bad because we're watching this game and this guy was terrible and now my team lost because of it. Trade him 
But you got to stop and think what what trade are you are you getting that actually improves the team? What's realistically possible? And it's it that really cuts down your options. If the Lakers, if it was just trade AD, just period, just trade him. Sure, yeah, you could do that, no problem. But you probably won't like what you're getting in return. If you're actually getting something that's going to help the team, it's hard to see what it is that they're gonna that they're gonna do there. And again, the Lakers committed to AD. They just signed him to an extension. They're committed to him. They're committed to him. Uh, Matty James said AD had a triple single. Oof. Yes, he did. The heck was that? Turnovers killed us also. Why does it feel like every time we match up against the Kings, the Lakers seem to struggle more against them? Well, the Lakers are now uh, one for seven the last seven times they played the Kings. The Kings do seem to get going against the Lakers. And I think if you noticed the Kings, every time Anthony Davis was out of a play defensively, which was a lot tonight, like if he chased it after an offensive rebound and missed it, they were flying down the floor and making sure that they were able to attack the Lakers defense without AD in it. They took great advantage of those situations and they just shoot a lot of threes and they move the ball really well. They looked like they had way more energy than the Lakers who just looked lethargic. Um, Okay. So here we go. After the game, AD, when asked about his hip, said, it is what it is. Obviously, it was bothering me a little bit. So the hip is bothering him. That's what he was saying was going on out there. He's hurting. His hip is hurting. That's why he looked the way he did. It didn't look like it was bothering him last night. Now it's bothering him today. We'll see what that means for Friday. Friday, the Lakers take on the Blazers. That'll be an in-season tournament game. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see what else we've got here. I know we're going to get into the master lock in just a moment. I want Laker Nation and all of us Lakers fans to truly ask ourselves everything we know about all our players and imagine this team through the highs and lows. Uh, do we truly think this team can win a chip? What are we, 12 games in? I, mean, I think it's too early to say. Depends on how they play. I, like, we haven't even seen Jared Vanderbilt yet. We, Gabe Vincent, we saw, what, like two games up? I don't know what this team's going to look like a month from now. So that's the problem. Now, that said, if, if you told me this is what it is, this is what the team is, and this is how they're going to play for the remainder of the season, no, they don't look like a championship team. They look like a team that could give anybody a run on any given night. They look like a team that's going to make the playoffs. They look like a team that can cause some problems, but not be like a top, top tier team. That's what they look like right now. Will that be how they're playing a month from now? More importantly, five months from now? I don't know. Right? Again, we haven't seen the full team yet. We don't know exactly how they're going to look. So, I don't think we can make a carved in stone, stone declaration of what this team is or isn't. I can say if you told me this, that what they are right now will be static, it will not change, and they will do this the remainder of the season, then the answer would be no, based on what we've seen so far. But I also don't think that we can necessarily make that judgment at, at this point. Andrew Lee said one game and everybody's ready to trade everyone. <laughs> I know. we 24 hours ago, the Lakers won by 27. The next night, and, and people were saying, don't trade, this team has depth, don't trade, and now it's trade everybody. We ride the roller coaster. It's the way it goes with fandom. 
Never want to see your team play like this or lose like this, but relax. Tough opponent after a back-to-back will be fine. Andrew Lee, the voice of reason. The voice of reason for us. Uh, Jason Kelly said, with inconsistent play and injuries slash strength of competition, bet my kid kids' lives that this is a play-in team. Every non-injury criticism of AD is fair. I mean, you should never bet your kids' lives on anything. Man, I know, I get it. You're trying to say that you are very confident that this is going to be a play-in team, but I mean, the West is wild. I don't think anything is a is a definite in the West. I I would definitely not say that. Oh, the Lakers are. There's no way the Lakers could finish as the five seed or something. No, they absolutely can. Mission eighty six. I really wanted to sweep the week. Okay, off to Weird City next. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers. Like I I said, a good week would be going three and one on the week. That's still in play. That's still in play. You have Portland, and then you have Houston. They can still go three and one. <laughs> Edward said, "Start Vando. It's all Cam's fault." Cam was good. I liked what we saw out of Cam. Hit hit some threes. Did some good things out there. I like it. I like the confidence he's playing with. Um, and I hope Vando gets back soon. Ryan said, "I don't trust Prince's defense, and the shooting is average. Need a Hayward on the buyout market to replace him on a second unit." And Gabe for Caruso, we're good. So uh, Prince has not shot well the last couple of games. That's been a thing where Prince has, has not been shooting well. He went 0 for 7 across two games, but then he went 2 for 5 the next night. That was last night's game. So the shooting hasn't been great the last handful of games, but he was like 42% from three in October. So the first like four games of the season, he was a 40 plus percent three-point shooter. In November here, it slipped a little bit, but... I think we're still in too small a sample size territory to say, oh, he's just not a good shooter. So I think he is a good shooter. Um, but as far as Hayward on the buyout market, yeah, if he gets bought out, sure. And the Lakers will be a suitor for players on the buyout market. They have an extra roster spot. I don't know for sure he's going to get bought out, but he would seem to be a good candidate to be. Well, Mission 86 gifted five Lakers Nation memberships. Man, Mission 86 playing Santa Claus. Handing out those gifts. Cool stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Wicked Bronco said, not in full trade AD mode yet, but what kind of package will we get for him? What about AD for Levine, Vucevic, and a first from Chicago? I think the problem is, if you're Chicago and you're trading Zach Levine, if you're trading Zach Levine, you're trading Vucevic, you're probably not extending DeMar DeRozan, you'd rather put him in a trade package. If that's what you're going to do, the path you're going down is not, let's go get a 30-year-old star. The path you're going down is let's rebuild, right? So if you're going to trade Levine, you're going to trade these guys, you're going to trade to get picks and tear the thing down, restart it, see if you can get a star in the draft, and then go from there. Going after an Anthony Davis so that you could pair him with DeMar DeRozan, and that's that's it, right? And Alex Caruso, how far is that getting you? Probably not very far. So in terms of what Chicago would be trying to accomplish in a, in a Zach Levine trade, especially if it's Levine and Vucevic. I, and I look, they would love to get Anthony Davis. He's a Chicago kid, but I, I don't think it makes sense for what Chicago really needs to do for them to do that. I'm not saying the value is bad for Chicago, but I don't think it makes sense for what they're, they would be trying to do. Leonzo said, just annoying with AD, no energy, no hustle. Yeah. I mean, again, he's saying that he's hurting, but yeah, it was a frustrating game. There's no question. No question, it was a frustrating game. It was um, not not ideal. Not ideal on this night. Not ideal. But again, we literally saw this team dominate 24 hours ago. It's the way the NBA goes sometimes. Right? They've got another game Friday. We'll see what they do. I don't want to hear anything about a D'Lo trade rumor if we're going to sit here and pay AD $60 million a year. Uh, he's not making $60 million a year, but I digress. The point is still, yes, he's making a lot to do that. He also can't win Defensive Player of the Year getting outplayed like that. Yeah, again, he's he's saying he's hurt, and that's what was going on. I think he's been much better than that for most of the season. Right? He's been pretty damn good, but this was not a good night for AD. It's no question. And as far as hearing about a D'Lo trade rumor, you know, I've been talking about this a lot, but a lot of people still, when they hear someone talk about D'Angelo Russell being in trades, they think it has something to do with his value as a player. Um, with we, we get caught up in this, this mentality of if a player's not good, trade him, right? So the reason why you would trade someone is because they're not a good player. In D'Angelo Russell's case, when we talk about there's going to be D'Lo trade rumors, 
It's going to happen between now and February 8th. There's going to be a bunch of trade rumors involving D'Angelo Russell. It's 100% about the contracts. That's it. The Lakers negotiated out his no trade clause and he has a player option next summer, which means he could walk away next summer. So he's going to be in trade talks. Not because he's a bad player, not because he's a player the Lakers need to get rid of, purely because of his contract. And that doesn't mean they make the decision to move him. They might not. But just by nature of his contract, you have to listen to those conversations with a guy like D'Angelo Russell. And it's not based on the merit of his play or anything else. If D'Lo's averaging 30 a night, you still have to at least consider it, depending on what those offers are out there. That's what you what you need. All right, so it's nothing against D'Lo. It's by no means am I pushing get rid of D'Lo. I was the guy over the summer that was defending D'Lo when everybody was on his case for not playing well. I've been the one saying D'Lo's better than what he saw showed in the Western Conference Finals. is part of the reason why the Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals. I, I like D'Angelo Russell. By no means am I saying get rid of him or pushing to see him out the door or anything like that. But the contract is what it is. Damon, I was exaggerating. D'Lo averaging 30 a night. He's crying, laughing. It was an exaggeration. I was saying even if D'Lo was doing something like, say, averaging 30 a night, right? Like it was an exaggeration. I don't expect him to do that. Jose said, AD and Darvin expired ham. Oh, expired ham. Back at it again. And thank you, Doc Rivers, for pointing out Reeves over dribbling, thinking um, he's Kyrie just to turn over the ball. I did think that Austin was over dribbling a little bit. They would get switches. And then there was a lot of stagnation. So number one, I thought Austin wasn't attacking quick enough. But number two, off ball, there wasn't a lot going on. So Austin's reading the floor and nothing's happening. All the guys are just kind of standing. And so that led to just sloppy, messy, blah, gross offense. That's what we saw from the Lakers in this one. CPC said that's why AD will never win an MVP or defensive player of the year. I mean, if he's great in, let's say he plays 65 games and he's great in 56 of those 65 games. Is that not enough to win defensive player of the year? I think that could still get him there. Uh, Terrell said, Austin has been god-awful making reads from pick and roll. Well, that's something, uh, Sean can get into that and what exactly, and by the way, the, the, Sean is back, recovered. Uh, he was out sick yesterday, but uh, the post-post game show will go on as scheduled tonight. Um, Sean can look into what his metrics are in pick and roll. We've seen Austin have some su success there. Tonight, obviously, he struggled. He said, I'm convinced D'Lo is our third best player. He has been the last couple of games. Last couple of games, he's been really good, and he's been hitting shots. That's it with D'Lo, though. When he's hitting shots, he's great. And when he's not, his value drops off a lot because he relies a lot on being an efficient shooter. He can be a lot of fun, though, when he's hitting shots. And when he does, he can really help carry a team. M. Dredd said, still bronze team. Ham sat both stars at the same time, shaking my head. Yeah, that was weird that both guys were on the bench at the same time. I didn't like seeing that. Now, would it have mattered? AD didn't seem to have a lot of energy. Again, he said his hip is bothering him. Maybe it didn't matter as much, but the fact that that was the game plan, probably not ideal. Not ideal. David said AD doesn't show up every night, got outplayed by Sabonis. Yes, he did. LeBron getting a triple-double and a loss. How do you fix this? Third star for insurance. Well, 
how much of your depth are you trading away if you're going after a third star? Like, is D'Lo gone? Is it like D'Lo, Rui, and something that's gone in order to get a third star? And does that ultimately hurt you more than it helps? I mean, it depends on who that player is. And then what kind of draft capital do you have to throw in? Do you have to throw in like Max Christie as a young player? You know, what else, what else do you have to add into it? So that's the big question. As far as third star for insurance, you know, we just went down that road. We just did it, right, with Russell Westbrook. The team sacrificed all their depth. They went and got Russell Westbrook, and we had the most miserable Lakers season in history. It was awful. Awful stuff. So I'm not super eager to go back down the third star star path. Now, I will say you need to do two things. If you're going to go get a th third star, you must accomplish two things with this. Number one is if you're going to get a third star, that third star has to be someone who fits, which means it's someone who can play both sides of the ball. Not Zach Levine in that sense. Um, and they have to be able to shoot. Got to play both sides of the ball and you have to be able to shoot. Otherwise, you're going to wind up with the same problems you had with, with Russell Westbrook. If you get somebody who needs the ball and can't shoot, you've got problems. You've got big problems. And the second thing, is you can't deplete your depth so much that you're now three stars and nothing else because we've seen that doesn't work in today's NBA. So you have to satisfy both of those things if you're going to trade for a third star. And that's much easier said than done. Go find a third star without either sacrificing all of your depth or having to take on somebody who doesn't necessarily fit. So it's a difficult needle to thread. If you're going to bring on a third star, not saying that means you shouldn't look, you absolutely should look, leave no stone unturned, see what's out there. Why not? But getting that done won't be easy. Justin, and we're going to get to the master lock of the night in just a moment here. Justin said, didn't Rui lose weight this off season? He said he didn't. He said he didn't lose weight. It was just the pictures that made it look like he did. But, um, so he could play some three annoys me that Prince gets more minutes every night. Why can't, uh, they play Rui, play small ball five instead of Hayes. Does Vando or get Prince's minutes? So tonight, Rui Hachimura played 17 minutes. And to the point, Prince got 25. Cam Reddish got 32. So I'm just calling out the other wings here. Jackson Hayes, who's playing at the five, though, got 13 minutes. So if you're saying go small, no center on the floor, and, and add some of those minutes to Rui's plate. Um, part of it is the Kings. The Lakers have tried to go small against the Kings. It's what they did last time when they were up in Sacramento. They went small against the Kings to try to match up. So that's part of the reason why you didn't see Rui as much. Uh, Prince is better than Rui at chasing guys on the perimeter. He's smaller than Rui, and that gives him a little bit of an edge there. He's also the better three-point shooter. Now, that may not be factually correct based on just this season in terms of the stats. I don't know exactly where Rui's at. I know he shot pretty well from three, but... Over the course of their careers, Torian Prince has been the better three-point shooter. So that's a factor, too. I think Rui is more of a 3-4, and Torian is more of a 2-3. He has played some four, but I feel like you're really undersized when he's the four. Um, so there's some differences between the two and some reasons why, strategy-wise, you may want to go to Torian Prince in certain matchups. But big picture, I agree. Rui should be getting more minutes. Rui should be getting, not saying more minutes than Prince, more minutes than what he's playing right now. I think he's been good enough. He was two for five shooting in this one. No rebounds, nothing else across the statue, which is actually crazy. Played almost 18 minutes and recorded no stats 
aside for five points on two of five shooting. And that's it. Goose egg all the way across stat sheet. That's actually hard to do. <laughs> um, but so Rui played 18 minutes, didn't record any stats aside from points, but big picture. Yeah. I, I think Rui playing 20 or more minutes would be ideal. And I think that most of the time that's going to be a good thing. That's going to help you win games. Mamba mentality. It's like boxing. If you can get a high point differential early while inflicting damage to your opponent, most likely you'll win. Lakers down bad early while they took big, big hits. Sick of these first quarter woes. Yes, they reared their ugly head again, didn't they? The first quarter problems. The Lakers lost the first quarter 38 to 25. And then they give up 34 points in the second quarter, 32 points in the third quarter, 21 points in the fourth. But the Lakers, their scoring just couldn't keep up with Sacramento. And... It was unfortunate. The first quarter, they they fixed the problem against Memphis. It was a problem again against the Kings. They started the first quarter. You can't start it any worse. They literally turned the ball over on the opening tip. Anthony Davis tipped the ball back to LeBron James. De'Aaron Fox knew exactly where the ball was going to get tipped to, so he stepped in front, caught it, said thank you, went to the basket, got fouled, and won. You spotted the Kings three points to start the game. That's what happened. That's what happened on the opening play of the game. So the first quarter got off to a bad start and it didn't get much better from there, did it? Not good in first quarters in general. We've seen some games where they fixed it. A lot of games where they haven't. All right, everybody, we're going to get into the master lock of the night. Let's take a look at that. We'll take whatever was the most annoying thing from this game. For anybody who's new and doesn't know, we take the most annoying thing from the game. We vent a little bit. We put it in our good buddy, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold, the Master Lock. Here we go. Master Lock of the Night. So, chat, let me know. What are we putting in the Master Lock tonight? We've got plenty of options, unfortunately. Plenty of options to put into the Master Lock right now. I've got a lot of people saying Anthony Davis. A lot of people saying AD, saying first quarter needs to get master locked. That's what David said. Master locked the first quarter. Manny said master lock Austin Reeves. Sky Falcon said slow starts. David said lack of effort. Turnovers from Moose. Avant Traders said turnovers, AD, missed layups. Oh, you know what? How many times did the Lakers miss at the rim in the first quarter? It was a lot. A lot of misses right at the rim. That was bad. That was really bad. Omaru said master lock the first quarter. Austin Reeves and AD. Man, you know what? Oh, no. Someone called him Canthony Davis. Ouch. Probably deserved in this game, but ouch. Ugh. So many different things. So my official master lock, and you guys all have some good ideas here. My official master lock, though, given that AD is saying that his hip is hurting him, and I know some of you will roll your eyes and say, oh, that's just an excuse and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to assume that AD's hip really was bothering him because he looked like something wasn't right there. Um, doesn't mean that he should have been this ineffective. But nonetheless, he was clearly weakened out there on the floor. So I'm going to master lock the turnovers. I'm going to say the turnovers because those are what ultimately killed the Lakers. If they kept their turnovers respectable, if they were, had 
12 turnovers on the night. They win this game. So I'm going to say it's the turnovers. Now, Anthony Davis, of course, is part of the turnovers. He had five of them himself. So Anthony Davis still kind of gets a master lock if I throw in throughout turnovers because it kind of is an umbrella uh, coverage here for Reeves, for AD. LeBron had turnovers. The Lakers were way too sloppy with the basketball. I think that was the main reason why they lost this game. And uh, so that is what's going in the master lock. And again, AD gets swept up in that. Austin Reeves does as well. LeBron for the turnover. And LeBron had a triple-double, so by no means is this you know on him. But that encompasses a lot. So I'm going to go with the turnovers on this one for the master lock. Rough outing. Rough outing for sure for the Lakers, particularly with them turning the ball over. Was not what we wanted to see out of this team. But they had won three in a row up to this point. Hopefully they get back to their winning ways coming up on um, on Friday when they take on a very injured Blazers team that is also not very good. Blazers are just not that good of a team. And so you got to hope that, uh, that the Lakers are able to get the win in that one. All right, let's get into a few more of our questions and comments. Damon said that was on ESPN as well. Now the whole world thinks we're soft. Yeah, you know, it's always frustrating. When, and the Lakers do get a lot of um, nationally televised games. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, that one was on ESPN. And this is what happens. Everybody gets to see it. Everybody gets to see the Lakers and got to see them play poorly. All right, I'm going to get to a few more questions and comments. First, quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It very much is easy. I have used Game Time to go to events myself. Super, super easy to use. Tickets get sent straight to your phone, which is very, very nice. No trying to fumble through your email or anything like that while you're sitting there trying to scan into the arena, the lines forming behind you. It's a nightmare. Uh, and game time, you don't have to worry about that because you don't have to fumble through your email for the tickets. Uh, you get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting, and you can get your tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps, and you're set. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Edward said the Lakers are asking too much of Reeves. He's overrated and was exposed in the World Championship. Exposed in the World Championship? He was one of Team USA's best players. I don't look at the World Championship as, as where Reeves was exposed. You want to talk about the first few games of the season? That's where he really struggled, but he was one of the U.S.'s best players, I thought. Um, but asking too much of Reeves, they're asking him to be an on-ball creator which has worked well in a number of games tonight. He was getting pressured and his passes were getting picked off. Again, the Kings did a nice job of uh, shooting the gaps and reading the passing angles. They did really, really well with that. And they also pressured Austin a lot. Um, and again, it wasn't just Austin turning the ball over, but I don't know if they're asking too much of him. I think tonight he struggled, but he's been pretty good in the handful of games leading up to this one. So I'm not ready to land at he's been overrated or something like that because I think he finally started to get his legs under him and he finally started to look like himself. And then this game was not an ideal performance out of him, but let's see what he does on Friday. Wicked Bronco said, I never heard of a superstar in the NBA or a top 10 player 
having four points in a game. He ended with nine, but that was garbage time. And have nights where they no-show by so much. AD is a great player, but not a top 10 guy. I think it depends, right? What is it? This is part of the challenge with our analysis of Anthony Davis in general, as well as players that are kind of like AD. Um, guys that don't always make their impact by scoring. It can be a challenge because players who are superstars, we tend to think of a superstar as that guy that's going to take over at the end of a game that's going to go one on five and score over everybody because they're that much better than everybody else. And that's what makes them a superstar. What makes AD a superstar, well, he can be very, very, very good offensively. And you do need him to be that. Um, if you are Anthony Davis, what really makes him a star, it's his defense. And again, tonight was not a good night for him. He says his hips bothering him. It looked like something was wrong with him because he wasn't blocking shots he normally would. He wasn't like Darren Fox was shooting right over him all night. It was a weird performance from him. I don't look at this game and say, this game, like if you were to, if you were to find somebody who's never seen Anthony Davis play basketball and you said, pick one game that shows what AD is as a basketball player, I don't think this game is it. I don't think this game truly represents what AD is as a basketball player, not even close. So in terms of Anthony Davis not scoring the ball, is it frustrating? Yes. But is that what makes him a star? No. It's his defense that does. And again, not saying that was great tonight either. AD should not be scoring nine points in a game. There's no question. But he could put up 15 points and still play superstar level basketball. He could do that. Now, ideally, you'd like to have him at 25 points a night. That'd be great. But Anthony Davis, the scoring isn't the biggest thing, right? If D'Angelo Russell scores four points, and I'm not saying he's a superstar, but if D'Lo scores four points, that's a big problem because it means he probably shot two for 14 or something, and he didn't give you a lot of elsewhere, right? He can give you some assists, but he's not going to rebound the ball a ton. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to go and uh, and run your defense. He's not going to get a bunch of steals and blocks and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's other players that we could talk about that are similar to that, where if the scoring gets taken out, they kind of lose their superstar status. AD doesn't need to score a bunch of points in order to be a superstar. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. Um, that said, this was still below what the bare minimum should be. Again, you probably need, for AD to have a superstar night, the minimum is probably 15 points. That's probably the minimum, right? Again, you want to see him around 25, but where he really makes his impact is not with his scoring. You need it, but you can win games with AD scoring 15. You can't win games with him scoring like nine because he just he's just not effective enough. DJ said the Kings take 13 more shots than the Lakers because we didn't take care of the ball. Yep, absolutely. It's the turnovers. 15 turnovers to our 23. That's it. We cannot recover from digging such a big hole. Was James Harden guarding Sabonis tonight? It sure looked like it. And again, AD uh, didn't look right. I'll be keeping an eye on the injury report and see what's going on there with him. I'm hopeful it's not anything too serious, but he didn't look like himself in this one tonight. Didn't look like he was 100%. And um, yeah, here's Austin on AD after the game. Said everybody else around AD could do more to help AD. Not that he necessarily needs it, but just to make his life easier. I'll have to go back and watch the game and see what we could have done better around him. Here's Austin being a good teammate, not wanting to pile on, on Anthony Davis. 
Uh, James Bell, how do you watch the game if it's not on the NBA or national TV? Well, we we stream all the games over on playback. So I do the play-by-play for all the games over on playback. Um, you can join us there, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation, and you can log in there and watch and watch the games. So that's that's how. Um, Davion. And if you're not in, even if you're not in California, you can still use League Pass to watch games. You can do that as well, even though some games will get blocked out in certain areas. Um, national TV games are on national TV. They're on ESPN, right? Uh, and this one was. Davion Nelson, it's like AD is the only player in NBA history who can't have a bad game without media talking poop. <laughs> poop emoji. Austin Reeves should have closed the quarter and Ruby more minutes. Yeah, I mean, look, and like here, AD's got to go. No more excuses. Caruso and one more big. Again, the things that make... AD, a star, don't always equate with being a star, right? So if AD is having a really tough night scoring the basketball, it's, oh my gosh, well, this isn't what a star does. So people get extra frustrated with Anthony Davis. That and look, there's a lot of people who hate the Lakers out there. And if there's anybody to pick on, it's Anthony Davis because he gets hurt a lot. And so there is a lot of anti-AD stuff out there. I think it's also in part because we know how good he could be, like he can be this insane player. He's just not that guy all the time. And there's frustration in the fact that he's not. And there's criticism that comes with that. He's a Laker. That's going to attract even more attention. So, look, I'm not saying the criticism for Anthony Davis is unwarranted, but it probably does go too far. When people are making up nicknames about him, people make up nicknames about Anthony Davis's lack of availability. When there's other like not not role players, star level players in the NBA that play less than Anthony Davis does. And yet it's AD that gets nicknames made up about himself because he's a Laker because that's the, all the attention is going to go there. But nonetheless, he, he needs to play more. Yes, he needs to be more consistent. He absolutely does. But he also gets a lot of negative attention if he has a bad game and probably not enough positive attention when he has a good game. It's the way it goes with AD. Unfortunate. Uh, Edward said, Vando is not better than Cam. He needs to be developed. He's a future stud. Who? Cam or Vando needs to be developed. I'm assuming you mean Cam. I hope. I hope. I mean, look, Cam Reddish had a bunch of potential coming out of college and didn't come close to realizing that potential, at least, I mean, not for any long period of time with Atlanta or, or New York or Portland. Do things suddenly click here? I hope so. That'd be fantastic. That'd be wonderful. If, if this is what Cam Reddish is for the rest of the season, and you look at what he's done over the last, I mean, tonight he was 7 of 14 shooting. You can say, well, you know what? This is two games in a row, low rebounding numbers. One of the benefits of having Cam at the two is you've got more size on the floor. Shouldn't you have him rebounding the ball a little bit? Two rebounds tonight, five steals tonight, 16 points on 7 of 14 shooting and two of five from three. Last night, 10 points, but on three of five from three shooting the ball, shooting the ball well. Again, the five steals tonight in this one, three steals against Portland, 18 points, 17 points against Phoenix, three steals again, five of eight from three. Cam is playing some great basketball. And if he, these last four games, if he were to do this all season long, whew, that would be a huge fine for the Lakers. Huge, huge addition. If he could do that, double figure scoring plus Averaging, what, three steals a game while shooting the ball great? 
That's massive if Cam Reddish can keep doing this. That's massive. The trouble is, he was two for seven against Houston. Then he was two for five. Okay, that's not awful. But the, the games before these four, so four games in double figures, playing great. The four games before that, seven points, seven points, two points, eight points, uh, 28% shooting, 40% shooting, 20% shooting, 28% shooting. And he was one for nine from three in that stretch. I What I hope is that Cam suddenly has confidence the Lakers are utilizing him better and that the cam we've seen over the last four games is going to stay because that would be fantastic. That would be a great story to tell. And that would lead to a lot of Lakers wins because he is a major addition. If he can keep doing this, I just don't want to settle on. This is just what cam is, but man, I'm hoping for it, man. I'm hoping for it because if this just is, if this, if cam reddish has turned the page and suddenly he has, hit his true form here and this is what he is oh boy we then we got to start worrying about how do you keep him because this if he plays like the way he's played these last four games there's no way he's on a minimum contract next year no way no way damon said cam reddish is the only dude who hustles hard af on defense that's going to be nice with vando cam indeed he's hustling. He's flying all over the place out there. And again, you love seeing it. I am, I am rooting for the guy and I sure hope that he can keep this up because that would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, everybody. We do have Sean Davis coming up here with the Lakers nation post post game show. He can get into some more of those stats. I know you guys were asking about Austin Reeves effectiveness in pick and roll handling the ball. Cause he wasn't great tonight. I'm sure Sean can get into what his numbers actually look like in terms of points per possession scored with Austin handling the ball and pick and roll and get in depth into some stuff like that. So that's coming up. But again, that's going to do it for me. I do appreciate all of you guys joining me here. It wasn't a fun night. So thank you guys for coming and hanging out and talking some Lakers basketball after what was a difficult performance. But again, thanks everybody. Sean's coming up with the Lakers Nation post post game post post game show. Till next time. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.